Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, the small business edition. Capture the drive, the joy, the excitement of running a business. Despite the restrictions across the globe, which impacted the movement of goods and services, these companies, uh, these companies, small business, small Jamaican businessmen, have expanded into new markets in Europe, North America, the Caribbean, and Latin America. We share the challenges too and how those in the sector conquer and thrive, all in one place. Impacting Jamaica, the small business edition, powered by the Development Bank of Jamaica. The Jamaica Public Service Company, Red Stripe, Caramed, and Proven Investments Limited. Hi everyone and welcome to Impacting Jamaica. I am Andre Jebinson and we have for you today another success story. I'll be speaking with Joel Harris. He is the marketing manager and director of Shavuot International Group of Companies and they say that they are harvesting goodness, Jamaican goodness to be more specific. They also say that they are filling a gap that exists on the international and also the local market for premium all-natural Jamaican products. And so Joel will be telling us about those products today and a little bit about their company. Joel, thank you for joining us. And you can start by telling us a little bit about Shavuot International Group. Great. So I am the marketing manager and director for Shavuot International. And we are so happy to be here and spreading the good word about our company and what we're doing in the marketplace, including the communities. So a brief history is that we started in 2014 at Shabbat International and the, and the firm, which is one of our other companies within the group, started in 2013. So 2013, Shabbat Farms, 2014, Shabbat International was born. And in 2019, was our third company, Shavod Foods. Now, Shavod Farm started as a small, humble um, farm that leased land from the AIC, about 165 acres in total, where we grew a wide variety of crops, ranging from sweet peppers, sweet potatoes, scotch bonnet, and so forth. We had a lot more farming, going back to the soil, and buying into the concept to buy, eat, grow Jamaica. From there, in 2014, we decided to go into value-added products. And in 2014 as well, in our incorporation, we were able to display our demos at the at, at the GMA, GEA Expo Jamaica, and we also were able to showcase it in the UK at a fresh produce consortium at, at where we were able to get our first order. From there we grew, um, residing in our consultation at Winterspen, McKessie Lane, near GC Foster area on the way to Angels Plaza, and we grew from two persons to know close to 50 people working for us within the group. Our products, ranges from herbal tea, you have heard our famous entrance, our authentic, rich Jamaican turmeric tea, which has been used in KPH study in helping the mortality rate, reducing the mortality rate of COVID-affected patients. And this has been a proven trial um, pilot study headed by KPH, 
as well as Dr. Nicholson Spence, Director of Internal Medicine. Also, some of our famous products you will notice is our favorite and famous Scotch bonnet pepper powder, which blows everybody's mind away. We just add a little bit of tubs within your within your pot or wherever you, you go, wherever you go. And that product is also sold island-wide and, of course, internationally. All we right. also produce gluten-free flour and herbal powders. All right, so I, I wanted to tell me about the products a little later on, but you just, we, we, I'm still stuck at Shavuot International. So can you tell me and the and listeners, what does that mean? Where did that name come from? Great. So my father loved um, Greek and Hebrew names. And the meaning for Shavuot, really in a condensed format, is giving God thanks for the harvest. And when I looked around, I so befitting of what Jamaica need. Jamaica needed companies and people to harvest goodness, not just from the ground, the farm itself, not just the ingredients, the products, but also the people. There are so many people that are talented, have the ability, but they are just looked over because of where they are located or maybe their past. And so forth, we decided to employ over 90% of our work staff from inner city communities. People who have been looked over just because of their location. Mm -hmm. And these people have such gems, such ability to give back and to contribute only if given the chance to provide for themselves and their family. Right. And we saw that. And of course, it's providing good um, goodness for our customers, people who have lifestyle diseases, people who need healthier alternatives, and all that good quality products. And so we wanted a 360 brand in harvesting goodness in whoever and whoever, whomever we came in contact with. Right. And that's how that, we came up with Shabbat. Yeah, that sounds like something special. So what I'm getting from what you're saying is that the, the, the Shabbat represents um, the people. Of course, your employees, those you serve, and the actual product, right? That's correct. Okay. Why is it important, or why was it important for you to um, pay particular attention to people? Um, because at the end of the day, I mean, you're not a charity one, but at this, at the, but you still have this, this, this desire to make a profit one, but you also have the, this desire to develop people and to get people from where they are to somewhere better. Where did that come from? Honestly, it has come from a notion that everybody deserves a chance mm -hmm. and to respect people no matter where you go in life. My motto is this. I don't know where I could have been today or tomorrow. So I am thankful for life. And at the same time, people should be treated as human beings, right? And not discarded um, as objects or, 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 or things that we can objectify, mm -hmm. depending on how it suits us. And I believe in investing in people. I really do. And we as a company, we, we really do. A lot of our workers at the time did not have or completed formal, formal education. 
and had little to no work experience, and majority of our staff are youngsters, meaning young adults, who just wanted an opportunity to contribute to society and to contribute and to provide for their families. And I believe if this model is expanded across Jamaica, sowing into inner city communities, we know that we can change Jamaica on a fundamental level. Let, let me ask you this, though. Have you noticed or have you been, been able to say that this care that you have for people and them recognizing that care that you have for them, it actually translates into the products that you actually offer and the services that you offer? That is correct. That is, that is so correct. So, one, right? So, whenever we have won awards, for example, for quality, uh, for representation of Jamaica itself, or workers see their work being acknowledged. And in all publications, we acknowledge our dedication of our staff and community. And they feel a sense of pride. Mm -hmm. That pride continues to motivate them to further themselves. So for example, we create opportunities for them to go further in their education. So for example, we help out with their uh, college intuition, uh, t tuitions, as well as help them to advance for career, both in, within our company and outside, if they choose to leave so. So that's one aspect. All products are affordable. For example, I've heard mothers who have to buy, instead of buying expensive um, products, such as nature's milk, to help with um, breast milk production, for example, to feed their babies. Instead, they drink our Moringa tea, for example, our Moringa products that help with lactation, right? So that's one example. Um, another example is that uh, um, persons who are severely affected um, in COVID-19 to information and so forth, drank or tumor tea, and again, helps them in their lifestyle. And there are other cases I can see as a whole product have helped other persons. <clears throat> so what has this translated for us? One, that we want great premium quality products affordable to everyone. That is how it has translated, just like how we want to create opportunities for the average common Jamaican man and the average common Jamaican man, which is in the masses, are within, unfortunately, undeserved or under, um, underserved communities where a lot of the potential is there, waiting to be unlocked. And so we extend ourselves in there. So in other words, when we sell a product, right, we are employing people from the community, one, and two, we go into other communities that have land space, such as, for example, Racecourse in Clarendon, right, and other places, and say, hey, go seriously for us, or go peppermint for us, and then we buy the peppermint from those communities, or the seriously, or wherever that we grow from those communities. 
and so it becomes a generating income opportunity for those small farmers. Oh, so it's almost so like a like a farmers collective that you have that you know people feed into your network as well. That is correct. Okay. That is correct. That is correct. Awesome. All right. So so earlier you were listing the crops that you because right now you you grow twelve crops. What are the twelve? Okay, great. So currently, um, we used to grow 12 crops um, on our shower farms, but we have reduced it and have outsourced many of our other crops to other farmers. Oh. So the crops, right, so I'm just being very specific. So the crops that we grow, um, and we encourage other persons to grow for us, is turmeric, ginger, peppermint, ceresi, um, cinnamon, breadfruit, uh, even sweet cassava, sweet potato, for example, sauce-ups, and moringa, including scotch bonnet and scallion, and other products to come. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned the value-added part of your business as well. So I know one of them is castor oil. Tell us about the others and what made you want to move from just producing the raw material to actually adding value to the, the raw material that you actually produce. Great. So, yes, it is true that we have our amazing Jamaican black castor oil, and we do want other farmers to grow for us as well. Now, what made the decision is really simple. If we took, if we took, if we um, stood, oh, if we stayed at just agriculture, raw produce, mm-hmm. our business model would be very, um, it would, it, it wouldn't be stable. It would be very unstable. And the reason being is that um, agriculture, um, fresh produce, is subject to so many variants, such as weather, um, theft, even prices of um, input and raw material, like seedlings and fertilizers and, and even work stuff. There are so many variants that would have created an unstable work model. And not only that, it would not allow us to really capture the full value of of fresh produce, meaning there's more money that we saw, more money and more monetary value and more potential to hire Jamaicans, for example, and to, to actually contribute better if we were able to go down the value added chain. Basically, we can be able to create shelf-stable products that we'll be able to ship year-round, monthly, weekly, whenever the demand is needed. So because of that stability, it improves our business model, improves the earning potential, and also the earning potential for foreign exchange and employment. Okay. Chavat International is not your first business, right? No, it was not. Right. So, so... There's this whole, I guess, philosophical argument that I'd want to get into, um, because you, this was not your first business, so you would have failed. But at the same time, you feel that this is part of your destiny or your destiny. What is it that would provide you with that drive to, to continue, even after you've had failures or even after things didn't quite work out the way that you would have wanted them to work out? I've been involved, I'm not saying involved, I mean I've been a part of, I've also started 
about nine different, what's up to about eight to nine, eight to nine different ventures. And we have either been a part of um, small companies who are trying to um, grow and exceed, and uh, also started on my own as well. And that journey actually started in university. My passion um, was to be able to have financial freedom. And that was a goal that I wanted to attain, wanted to achieve. I saw where my other colleagues would work for 10 years or more and still don't have any, um, any benefits to remain on contract. And when I saw that, I saw, well, I could either spend 10 years of either working for someone and still not being able to achieve that financial freedom, the ability to um, earn enough to be able to, to, to even think about retirement, right? Or even to provide just even the basic essentials for my own self. Um, and, and coverage for even health-wise. So that's either one way. Or two, spend you know those 10 years and save for myself and then build um, generational wealth or even just wealth for my own self to pass on when that time needs to be. And of course, I think that level of freedom can be able to decide for my own future. So that was the, the options at the table when I started the university. At the university, I graduated as a, BS, um, as a BSc in marketing um, at UWI. And we started our first, I started my first company actually there. Um, it was a software company at the time, and it was a it was a good project. But from there, I started to recognize certain um, things that were inadequate for me to be able to be successful at that business. And so forth, we went from different from software companies into helping in music management companies, and even to multi level marketing companies. And through the the, the whole demo, I recognized uh, one thing, uh, which is essential, is that you have to know yourself, right? You have to know what you're capable at, what you excel at, what you are meant for. And through that process, I understood that once I'm able to create the product on my own, I'm able to design it, I'm able to specify specifications, and I understand the product truly, I can be able to sell it. And once I understood that, then I then the next thing was going to that into the other ventures, which was then of course Shabbat. So through my failures, I've learned about how to work with different teams, selecting the right people, uh, selecting the right product, the right market, um, knowing who to sell to. Um, knowing about my costs, for example, my profit margins, I knew about my entire business models and restructuring it. I knew, for example, um, different, how to research different markets properly and how to engage large buyers uh, in terms of large corporations for distribution. So throughout my failures, I picked up little pieces of the puzzles until I reached Tisha Vox to help that now to generate the success. It is today. Mm -hmm. 
And so that journey, previous journey, that has helped you. And you've been taking this journey at Chabot too. But you, we know that you've been faced with other challenges. Like, you know, sometimes you said, you mentioned earlier weather conditions. You, you mentioned the whole idea of sometimes there is even a glut on the market. You you mentioned the idea of cradial larceny. And I think um, based on our previous conversation that we had, there was even an incident of fire or maybe fires. Uh, how do you overcome all of that? Um, because it, it, I think involved in that would have to be some serious planning and risk mitigation and all of that. So walk me through that a little bit, please. Right. So this is in regards to the farms that we're speaking about. So when we started, we had little knowledge of the agricultural farming world, right? So one of the things that we use to stabilize the company is creating a manufacturing arm that can take the raw produce and then be able to turn it into value-added products. So that created one source of stability, meaning one, that the, far, the agricultural produce did not have to wait to sell the product to somebody to realize or capture the value, you could automatically transform it into a shelf-stable product. So in other words, whatever we grew can now be then utilized, right, into the direct market. So that's one. Two, um, we started to actually change the nature of our crops, crop selection. So instead of growing crops that were seasonal or growing crops that had high levels of pedal larceny, we reduced it to shrubs and bushes, right? So our, for example, like our um, source of tea or moringa tea, people don't steal, you know, tea leaves <laughs> and, and tea and shrubs or uh, leaves of shrubs and, and, and trees. They don't, right? There's no value for them to take off a limb of moringa um, plants and then share it out in the marketplace. It wouldn't make any sense. So when we saw that, we decided, well, let's go into it. And the same for castor. Castor has a low rate of pre-elasticity. Why? Because it's very meticulous to actually open it and also very poisonous depending on how you handle it. And because of that, we said those are the crops we just have to grow. When we did that, we found one that the crops could be grown all year round. It had little maintenance and persons weren't much interested in feeding from us on those level of crops. And because of that, we were able to risk mitigate a lot of the problems we were enduring when we first started. And so so from there now you've you've been able to create an industry or create industries. If you were to tell me the three best products that you have, what would those be? Great. So, number one, I would say our herbal teas. Our famous part of the herbal tea range is our tumor tea, our peppermint tea, and our seracy. Those are the three top sellers um, on the market. Of course, all of the teas are well-loved. But our fastest selling is those three categories, followed by the others, close second to the others. So it's almost like a tie, but those three are the premier for herbal teas. For our Jimmy Black Castro line, our Jimmy Black Castro is a powerful winner. 
and it is actually priced just right to be affordable. But mm-hmm. it is the best course in the market I have had reviews, overwhelming reviews about it. And I could say also a scotch bonnet pepper is little talk of Jamaica. Want to see a Shabbat scotch bonnet pepper, you're getting the best quality possible on the island. And of course, upcoming would be a gluten-free flour. So those are the products I would say are high demand for, for or, to, or top sellers, I should say. Right. Let me ask you this: Do you feel do you feel proud of what you've accomplished so far? Because I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know you in person, but I've seen pictures. You seem to be a, a young per a young man. Um, and and then you seem to be making stride, even in an industry where you have many other players, maybe producing the same the same items. Um. So, do you feel proud of what you've accomplished so far? seen some of your collateral as well um some of your your marketing items too and the colors are rich and they're vibrant is there any particular thought behind um some of the artwork that you use and the colors that you've chosen yes definitely yes so two two keynotes right one the logo if you look in the logo you see the word shavat and in the base you see some stripes in there and that represents the farm which was our first company, and that is the base of where we started, right? So that's one aspect to look out for. The second aspect is if you look at our turbo teeth, you would see a ray of sunshine on the product. And that represents the kind of feeling that we want to exude to our customers. That feeling of hope, that feeling of joy, of seeing the farm, of seeing the natural produce, of seeing that ray of sunshine, a ray of hope. Especially in COVID times, when things are dark, when you're feeling very depressed or you're feeling very gloomy, and you're looking for a ray of sunshine, and that can be seen on a herbal tea packaging. That little bright spot that you're seeing over the horizon, that is one of our um, signature marks that we put on our packaging. And overall, you'll see harvesting goodness. So therefore, we are telling you, we are exuding to you um, what our core essence of our brand is about. 
Uh, is there anything that you would want to leave with us? Um, people who might be thinking about going into business, people who might be wondering if it's the right thing to do, people who would have tried, people who would have failed and uh, need something to encourage them. One, I would say do not give up hope. Um, two, I would say, first of all, to assess yourself. Know what you're capable of and what you're not. And that has to do with self-introspection, I would say. Um, some people are meant to be business leaders and to be entrepreneurs, and some persons are meant to be great leaders in companies. And that is just uh, respect and, and part of life. Sometimes it comes to a hard reality. We have to face certain truths. Um, second of all, I would say, once you see an opportunity to properly vet it. And when I say vet it, I don't mean um, creating a product idea. You create a product and then you're searching for that, um, for that market. In return, I'd encourage persons to look for a market. Find a couple of people who would buy the product or service from you at the price that you think you could sell the product at and if they would be interested in the product. And once you have done that, I have sufficient um, data to say, well, you know what? I think there's an opportunity within this market, and I believe that I can fill that gap and have samples, a couple of persons, a couple of potential buyers, and it looks like it's a possible goal. So I would encourage persons to go around that particular route. Mm -hmm. The third thing I would say to other people as well is, guys, surround yourself within the right environment. Meaning, so put yourself with the right family members, the right mentors, the right teachers, the right educational material to create that business world. In other words, you should be able to read, sleep, and eat business. It's a language that you have to learn and surround yourself in to be competent in it. And the more you think about it, the more you engage with it, mm -hmm. the more natural to you. Right. And that is true for anything. And the last thing I said to yourself is just believe in yourself. The first person that has to believe in the, in the company and the, and the vision has to be, has to be you. All right, Joella. Thank you. Um, word of wisdom from someone who has been through it, um, someone who has had some level of success. And I want to thank you for making the time to you know speak with me today. And of course, I'm going to wish you, your family, your team at work all the best. And we look out for some of your products on our shelves. Um, thank you for your time, sir. And thank you all for listening today. Until the next time, please take care. Thank you for listening to another episode of Impacting Jamaica, the small business edition. We hope you caught a whiff of the drive, the joy, the excitement of running a business. We continue to share in some of the challenges and watch as the sector continues to find ways of conquering and thriving. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate and encourage, send us an email to impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on Google Podcasts, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Addict and Stitcher. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com. This episode of Impacting Jamaica, the small business edition, was brought to you by the Development Bank of Jamaica. The Jamaica Public Service Company, Red Stripe, 
Kyramed and Proven Investments Limited.